up! This is supposed to be after the outro! Hello and welcome to Hidden Among Us. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Honda. And this is episode 35. Welcome back! Yay. Yay. Oh my god, Honda. Um, I just need to tell you that I just ordered a back massager. <laughs> what? How old are you? My back hurts so bad. This morning, I woke up. You know those... Yeah? You, you get you get those things that like you put on the surface and then you lie down on it. So it presses into your back. You know those things? I think I vaguely heard of it, but I, I just know that there are pillows that offer support. But I'm like... Anyway, this morning, I didn't even wake up because of my alarm. I woke up because my back hurt so bad. I was like, <laughs> what is this? You should do stretches. I, I should. That's true. To like stretch your back out. I should. Or you can get a balancing ball and then you like try not to fall off and stretch your back. Oh my god. Yeah, anyway, my back hurts so bad. So today I was just like... You know, I'm I'm sick of this life. I'm gonna go order a back massager. So I ordered one. How much is it? It was like twenty five bucks. It was. It's not like those awesome, like expensive ones. <laughs> it was just like a cheapo. Like it was twenty five bucks. I was like, okay, I guess the reviews on on Lazada were like, yeah, it's pretty good. So I was like, okay. So it should come in like a week or so. And hopefully my back problems will be elevated. <laughs> Stretching is good too. I know, but oh my god, it hurts so bad. I, it's possibly a PMS symptom because like, I, I was telling my friend today and they were like, is a period coming soon? And I was like, you might have cracked the code. But it's it's just that this is not a symptom I've ever felt before. So I don't know. Mm. Yeah. And I think maybe it's also exacerbated because of like physical labor, because of like what I do at work. So I'm like, where is this pain coming from? Stretches. <laughs> yeah, I should do stretches. Mm. Anyway, Honda, how has your week been? Do you have any exciting stories to tell? Exciting stories? I don't know. <laughs> I, I still remember distinctly like waking up in the morning and looking at the news and it was like... Ong San Suu Kyi and like several of her cabinet members have been like detained <laughs> and I was like holy shit like wh- how is this happening and then like the military was like I mean um, there was no no like signals for like some of the like cell towers in Myanmar and I was just like this is so dystopian this is so freaking dystopian yeah. I mean I'm not surprised I mean, I'm not surprised too Considering like What the history Of Myanmar is like But it's It's just something that You don't think would ever happen Like when you wake up in the morning You you don't ever expect to see the news Where like A literal country's government Has been overthrown by the military Like this is the kind of shit that you see In like like novels like or movies like for example like the hunger games and stuff like that so there's a disconnect between reality and fantasy so when things like this happen it's like 
oh my god it's real like these things are actual things that happen and like history is made up of incidents where like events like this have taken place i mean didn't this happen in thai as well yeah it did so it's just i don't know it's just super dystopian i mean this is what you get if you take democracy for granted i mean another country also took it for granted um, and something have happened earlier this year dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um then so like yeah treasure your democracy yeah but okay also like we've learned historically in southeast asia that democracy never worked so there's also that but anyway on other weirder news there was also like the whole gamestop thing <laughs> which is also like news i never thought i would see like in fact i didn't even know about it until i saw a meme on twitter uh-huh. and then i was like what is happening i saw on reddit <laughs> i mean i still don't know the details of what exactly happened i mean basically it's um everything happened on the subreddit called wall street bets and then one of the users saw that uh, a company was not company a uh, the that GameStop stocks were being shorted. What does shorted mean? Shorted means that they are betting that the company's stock values will go down. Oh, wow. Okay. So if it really does go down, then they earn the money. Oh, okay. And like, it was shorted 134%, which might make no sense because they're being shorted more than the actual number of stocks that they have. Oh. Oh, Okay. I mean, I'm still, I'm still trying to understand like the mechanism of like why they is there more short, shorted stocks than actual stocks, but yeah, it's just yeah people wanting to like stick it to rich Wall Street people, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> <clears throat> but like, I don't know. Every news agency, they'll be just like, oh, amateur, angry internet people versus. Wall Street. So they like characterize Reddit users as amateur, like you know. But I mean, it's like angry kids. It's interesting but, how like people downplay internet mm. users as like like angry kids or whatnot. But like there have been instances where like random people of the internet have done like huge things. Like for example, like um, what's the documentary? Um, don't. F with cats or something where they where they literally like found a killer mm. it's just it's so interesting like people always like have a perception of internet people well it's quite funny because like, I was watching Trevor Noah and then he was like talking about the reddit thing so and then um, he showed a news clipping of like an interview of like a rich guy who lost savings oh wow like 50 plus percent 50 plus, 50 plus percent of his money because of this GameStop thing. And then he was like, I feel, I wake up and I feel worthless. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like the bunch of, the bunch of babies are the one in Wall Street. Like, they, are, they do that on a daily basis. Like, they manipulate the market to get the gains. And then now when like a bunch of normal people do it, they're like, they're like crying and saying that, that the Reddit users were like, you know, doing something illegal when they do that every day. I mean, it's kind of the thing where like, 
what you do to people and if they do the same thing to you like you can't take it <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. so funny oh well yeah i'm mm. telling you the news is just freaking crazy and it's only february also hello everyone it's february welcome to february no. <laughs> the i don't know about anyone else but january went by quite quickly like for me it went by quite quickly i don't remember january no, ever being quick ever penny if when when you start aging everything feels like time goes faster <laughs> We're old, Chris. Oh my God! Um, geez, <laughs> so please. next time, like really old, a year would feel like a month. I <laughs> is it ever a hidden among us episode if, like, Honda or Shen, like they don't make fun of my age, even though I am literally just a year older than them. I said. We are old. Oh well, I didn't say you. You were only. like very pointedly looking at me <laughs> as you said it. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not gonna look at Chris. <laughs> You're the only one here. Why am I gonna talk to my plant like this, Mika? <laughs> Guys, you know that Honda doesn't name her plants. I, I, I cannot. Like, who doesn't name their plants? Like, okay, why don't you name your plants, Honda? Like. Why? Just there, and I appreciate for what they what they are. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, they're living creatures. That's the one who can't even keep them alive. Hey, I never <laughs> said that I was gonna be a plant mom. I never said that. You are the plant mom. I'm a. Shen got you a nice plant for for your birthday, and then you kill it. <laughs> oh my god, was that in twenty seventeen? I think it was in twenty seventeen. Is it? I don't know. For one of my birthdays, Shen got me like this cactus. I went through this phase where I was obsessed with cacti. Don't ask me. Like Honda and Shen still hold it against me. And I went through this phase where I freaking loved cacti. Like I had like this sweater with like cacti all over it and stuff. Like, oh my god! Do you remember <laughs> it? Oh my god! I remember. Still my favorite. It was so comfy and I wore it so much. It stretched out by the way. Like the the neck the neckline was so low because it was so stretched out. Anyway, so that year Shen got me a cactus for my birthday, and. I don't know what the cactus, like what kind of cactus it was. It was one of those that has like a like a ball in the middle, and it's usually like a different color. So the one she got me, I think it was like a pink one. Yeah. Anyway, um, the only instructions was to water it once a day and keep it out of direct sunlight. So that's what I did. I wa- I mean, sorry, water it once a week. So that's what I did. I watered it once a week. I kept it away of like out of direct sunlight and it died like it shriveled up and died and i was like how how did this even happen i followed the instructions and it died so yeah it's best not to water your plant like like on a on a set day oh. you know like on a timetable you should stick your finger in the soil and see if it's properly dry or not oh okay well Interesting. I would have never thought of that. I'm just not inclined with plants. I'm just... I'm never meant to be 
one with them. I do greet trees as I walk, but that is the extent of my interaction with plants. Like, I cannot... By the way, I want you to greet trees because in the event that like trees do pro- prove to be sentient beings and like take over the world, they will know you're a friend and they will spare you. So that's why I talk to trees. <laughs> do you watch it, Nanya? Yes. Someone- do you think you'll become like that? Like, <laughs> they'll, they'll come out and they'll like save you from trouble. No, okay. So interestingly, in Nanya, Prince Caspian. Okay, the reason why the trees sort of became trees was because, like, I guess no one... Like, there was this new government there, and, like, they mistreated all the magical creatures. So all the trees were just like, F you, I'm just going to become trees. Yeah. So that's what happened. And then in the end, they came through. So, see, in the event, trees actually can move and shit. Like that, because I know trees can move because they grow, but like trees, like can get out of soil and walk and like hunt you down. They won't attack me because I'm a friend. You killed one of your friends. <laughs> it was a cactus. <laughs> oh my god! Do you think there's politics in the plot world? Like the cacti hate like other succulents, and like maybe the succulents hate like the flowering plants. And maybe the flowering plants like hate the leafy ones. Oh my god, that'll be so interesting. Are you gonna write a book? Maybe I should. I should write a book about you plant know, like, politics. Like warriors, but warriors, but plant versions. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Let us know if you'd buy that book. I think I think it's oh really god. good. Maybe that should be my thesis. Plants and nature. And their potential sentience. Okay, you know what? Um, let's jump into the story because it's a pretty interesting one. It's a pretty long one. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's. But is it not long? I mean, there's a lot of details of this case, so I had to like condense a bunch. If not, like this episode would literally be like two hours long, and um, I don't think any one of us can survive two hours. So, today, I will be bringing you the murder of James Bulger. At this point, <clears throat> wow, my throat. At this point, everyone's going to be like, <laughs> who is James Bulger? But I think as the story goes on, I think it might ring some bells. Because this is a pretty um, famous case, a very infamous one. And I think you will understand as I go through the story. Okay. So, on February 12, 1993, Denise Bulger took her son, James Bulger, to the New Strand Shopping Centre in Bootle, Merseyside, England. She had been accompanying her brother's girlfriend, Nicole, who wanted to exchange some underwear at TJ Hughes. So they went about shopping with James fussing about. He was two years old and no matter what his mother did to calm him down, he wasn't going to. Eventually, Denise decided to stop by the butcher shop as the last stop before heading home. She went in, leaving her son by the door since there wasn't a queue. However, there was a mix-up with her order 
which extended the little trip to the shop. When Denise finally picked up her order, she turned around. The spot where her infant son was supposed to be standing at was empty. It was as if he suddenly disappeared. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) CCTV footage at the mall would then reveal a young boy holding James by his hand and another Mm. leading the two of them, appearing very much like three brothers navigating through a busy mall. The two boys were not James's brothers. They were Robert Thompson and John Venables. Yeah, I Mm. see Honda nodding. She recognizes this case. Yep, yep. I think we mentioned this case like several episodes ago. I think it was one of our first few episodes and Chen covered a case where this kid murdered another kid. Mm. Yeah, and I think... yeah. I mentioned this case then. It's very, very interesting. Okay. So, Robert Thompson was born on August 23rd, 1982, and John Venables was born 10 days earlier on August 13th, 1982. What does that make them? Hold on, let me make a quick check on their zodiac. August 23 zodiac. Hold on. Oh. I think they're both Virgos. <laughs> oh, well. Interesting. Oh, okay. So, um, Robert was a Virgo and John was a Leo. Interesting. Also completely not relevant to this case at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the morning of James Bulger's abduction, John Venables had left his home for school. However, John soon ditched his school bag before meeting Robert Thompson. The two had decided to skip class for the day. The two boys hated school and had already been held back a grade. They felt like they did not belong and felt shame because they had retained. So the both of them went to the mall intending to steal what whatever they could get their hands on. They would go on to steal mm-hmm. batteries, animal paint, animal paint, enamel paint, <laughs> stationery, a troll doll because Robert liked troll dolls. You know the, those ugly ones Ooh. with the hair that stick up? Yeah. Yeah, they made like a terrible you... movie with them too. Yeah, he, he collected troll dolls. So they stole that like they also stole like candy makeup essentially whatever they could get their hands on they would just mm-hmm. pocket as long as the sales the salesperson was like away and they could get their hands on whatever they would just take it um interestingly they threw away most of what they took because the thrill wasn't in having the items the thrill was in the act of stealing mm. and then john venables offered a challenge okay so Interestingly, um, this account, uh, John said Robert said this and Robert said John (laughs) said this. So like, take it with a grain of salt. So John Venables offered a challenge. Offered a challenge. He turned to Robert and said, let's get a kid. I haven't hit one in ages. So I said, yeah. So as I mentioned, it's not 
clear who actually proposed the idea because John will go on mm. to say that Robert was the first to propose this and that Robert had said let's get him lost outside so when he goes into the road he'll get knocked over mm. yeah either way oh, wow. both of these propositions are very disturbing mm-hmm. and it was essentially like a challenge so i guess boys of that age so both of them were 10 years old uh when you make a dare like this like it's mm. it's about proving that you can do it so once mm. the challenge was made they were going to go through with it um the two of them actually first tried to steal away another 2 year old boy and what they did was to attract the boy they were they opened and closed um purses so it made like snapping sounds and that attracted the boy and they actually managed to successfully lure him but the child's mother mm-hmm. um caught them at the last minute so after john saw the child's mother he sort of like froze and then he basically told the boy like you need to go back to your mom so afterwards <laughs> the two of them went to a concession stand that was beside the butcher shop that denise bulger had entered so the original plan was actually to steal some candy but what they saw changed their plans entirely standing at the entrance of the butcher shop clad in a blue mm-hmm. anorak and eating smarties was 2 year old james bulger so the gears began to shift in the boy's head and the plan was essentially made <sighs> john called out to james who went over to him the three then left the mall and the last time anyone would see them together would be from CCTV footage time stamped at 3:42 p.m. that day. Mm. The three of them left Bootle Strand and made their way up Stanley Road carrying the toddler. James had began to cry um and he would ask for his mother and he would start to fuss but Robert and John ignored him. They walked to a canal and then under a bridge and they even joked about pushing James into the water. At the Leeds and Liverpool Canal, one of the boys um once again can't be deduced like who said it because they both blamed each other. Picked James up and dropped him on his head, injuring him. So, for warning to everyone, um this case is actually quite horrific and quite brutal. Mm-hmm. So just a fair warning. So the sad part of all this was there was an old lady who saw like saw this happen. Like he okay, so this old lady saw James and James was all like bruised up, but she just assumed that he was like playing with the other children. And John and Robert also called out to James saying like come on baby and James would go running to them because James is essentially a child and he was just very mm-hmm. trusting and he had no idea that these two boys who were calling out to him had all the intention to hurt him yeah Robert and John actually pulled James's hood over his head to cover his injuries. Um they took his hand and continued to walk. Many people actually saw the three of them, but most assumed that they were cho- that they were siblings. Some mm-hmm. also account- 
recounted that they saw James crying and wanting to go back to his mother, but they just assumed that he was fussing because of his age. There was also a point where James almost ran into traffic and people once again just assumed that Robert and John were trying to take care of him because like they pulled him back from traffic. And the thing is like most of these accounts... Okay, so... um. Today in class, we had like this um, discussion about like innocence. Like, is it really justifiable to consider yourself innocent if like you see something happen or if you know something happened and you do nothing about it? So that's the kind of like argument mm. you can present here because um, a lot of these people actually looked at the three boys and just assumed that they were siblings. And... To me, like, I know in hindsight, it's like, why didn't they do anything? But honestly speaking, if you saw, like, three boys on the street yeah. and, you know, they look pretty similar, like, you're going to assume that they are siblings. Siblings. Yeah. yeah. And beyond that, like, who is going to assume that two 10-year-old <laughs> kids want to actually hurt, like, a young boy? Like, you know, it's typically mm. unheard of. Yeah. But there were also others that actually saw the boys hurting James. Uh, one of them actually saw John punching James in the ribs and like shaking him violently. And they still turned away without intervening. Hmm. The trio eventually came to the entrance of the Walton and Enfield railway station. Um, by hmm. this time, hmm. they had walked over two and a half miles, which is about four kilometers. And could have chosen to return James. All they had to do was mm. drop him off at a police station and go home. But they didn't do that. Um, at this point, actually, 38 people had seen the three kids. Uh, and the press would then go on to label them the Liverpool 38. And they came under intense scrutiny oh. because a lot of people were just like, y'all saw something happening and y'all didn't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, the thing is that there were actually two people who who felt like something was wrong and went to question Robert and John but what Robert and John would tell them would be like oh he's he's our brother or no we found him um, at the bottom of the hill so we, we are bringing him to the police station so they sort of like left it hmm. yeah also some people they saw the three of them, but what they felt was strange was like, why are these three kids out so late and without a parent? But once again, no one took like firm action. Um, yeah. So now going back to the story, the three of them are at the Enfield and... I mean, the Walton and Enfield railway station. So one of the boys threw blue modeling paint which he'd stolen earlier into James's face. And the boy began to scream as the paint entered his left eye. <sighs> they then began to throw bricks and stones at him and stomped on him. <sighs> they inserted batteries into his mouth and the police would later speculate into his anus. Though they didn't find like batteries in his anus, but they speculated it. Um, 
finally they dropped a 10 kilogram mm. iron bar on the child. They then laid the unconscious toddler across the railway tracks and weighted his head down with rubble. Now, another thing I would like to like make note of is the fact that a lot of his injuries were centered around his head region, which is also very interesting. Mm-hmm. So they weighed his head down uh, with rubble and they essentially hoped that a train would hit the body and it would look like an accident. So they wanted it to seem as if like maybe he, maybe James had wandered over there and he got hit by a train. Afterwards, John and Robert left the scene. The two boys walked back to town and went to visit a friend, but he wasn't home. So they got bored and decided to go to a video store only to come face to face with John's furious mother. She had been upset because the police were out looking for a missing child and whoever had taken the child could have taken John as well. Essentially, after Denise Bulger had Mm. found her son missing at the mall, she went to the counter at the mall and she basically like went to report that her son was missing. So typically at the mall, like what happens is they will make an announcement and they'll be like, oh, okay, missing child, mm-hmm. ar- like around two years old, wearing like a anorak jacket or whatever, whatever, whatever. And what happened was even after multiple announcements, um, when they couldn't find him, she went and lodged a police report. And the police... um were basically out looking for this missing child by the time. Um, mm-hmm. So, by the time John and Robert had taken James to the tracks and beaten him, there was already a search party out. The police received a tip that the boy had been seen at the canal, so they planned to search the water the following morning. Meanwhile, they decided to look at CCTV footage. There had been several reports of a suspicious man with a ponytail, um, so basically, they were they went in thinking that okay, it's potentially a pedophile, but what they found was so puzzling to them because in the blurry images of the CCTV mm-hmm. footage, they saw two young boys who were leading James out of the mall. Mm. Two days later, on February fourteenth, nineteen ninety three, a train engineer would come across something on the tracks that he described as looking like a doll. But he didn't think much of it because children usually left like stuff on the tracks. Still, he was like, hmm, there's this missing boy out, so I'll make a report to the police. And then later that day, four boys came across the body. They too thought that it was a doll and then they thought it was a cat. What they had found was the severed body of James. His body had been torn into two. Mm. Yeah. And um, his upper body was still clothed, uh, but his lower half had been undressed. And his lower half of his body was actually quite a distance from his upper half. Because I think when the train um, crashed into the body and severed it, it dragged the lower part of his body a bit mm. of a distance forward and um, yeah so his lower half of his body was undressed he had sustained 42 injuries in total 
10 of which were skull fractures. Um, mm. He had died before the train had hit him. And because his injuries were so extensive, like the pathologist could not determine what injury had been the fatal one. Yeah. And it could be any. Yeah, it could have been oh, any. Yeah. Um, but there's this one um article that was basically saying that when the boys had left him on the tracks, he was still alive. And they walked away. So if Robert and John had turned back and would have like helped him or like brought him to hospital, he might have survived. But then again, like it's speculation because his 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 injuries were so extensive. It's mm-hmm. just he's also two years old, so his like bones, his body is just very, you know, not very strong. And it's just it's just very sad. So scary. Yeah, it is. Um, the police also suspected that James had been sexually assaulted since his lower half was um, undressed. Um, Bulger's, like, James's foreskin had also been forcibly pulled back. Um, also important to note that during interviews with Robert and John, they, like, denied that there was any sexual element to it. But looking at the body, there seemed to be indication that there was a sexual element to the crime. Um, this part is this part is so sad. Okay, um, Denise had been with the police when they found the body, so it's described as she was with them, oh, and no. suddenly, you know, their what's the word? Like their radios went off. So, like you can just imagine, like you are there in extreme distress, and suddenly all the police officers around you, their radios go off, and you immediately know that something is wrong like something bad has happened so that was what it was like for her Mm. um james was also very precious to denise because she had previously lost a child during pregnancy Mm. yeah so james was like the most precious thing to denise um so the break in the case Okay, so um, also to note that when the police were looking at the CCTV footage, one, it was like blurry AF. Two, just from looking at the images, um, you can look up, you can Google it, you, you can find like the CCTV image. Um, mm. Like they couldn't gauge the age of the two boys that took them. They just knew that it was two young boys. So they actually assumed that it was like teenagers. Okay, so the break in the case came when the police got an anonymous call from a woman who said that her friend's son resembled the boy in the video. So the police actually released the videos to the public because they were trying to get people to identify the two boys. Um, furthermore, much like the blue paint found on James's face, John had blue paint on the sleeve of his jacket and had skipped school on the day of James's disappearance. She also alerted mm. them of Robert Thompson, saying that the two boys were friends. So February 18 at 7.30 mm. in the morning, the police turned up at Robert Thompson's house with a warrant. Um, the police actually, they were a bit doubtful of this, but because this was like their only like sort of lead at this point of time, 
they were like, you know, we, we're just going to go check it out. Check it out. So February 18th, 17th in the morning, the police turned up at Robert Thompson's house with a warrant. And Robert saw the police and he began to cry. As the police searched through Robert's clothes, they actually struck gold. On his shoes, there was some blood. Mm. When they went to John's house, his mother had answered the door saying she knew that they would come because John had skipped school on Friday. So she basically thought that like the police were there to like scold her son for skipping school. And she would like even mention that like he had paint on uh, his jacket. Like he's just so messy, you know. And then the police... Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I feel so bad for John's mother because like... Like when you think of it, it's almost comedic. Mm-hmm. Like she, she was just there like, ha, look, the police are here. They're here to teach you a lesson. And then like the police are there oh. for like a legit reason. And then you're like, oh shit. Yeah, so the police actually looked at his coat and they found blue paint and even a handprint on it. And then John began to sob, obviously, as they all do, saying that he didn't want to go to jail and didn't kill the baby and he pushed uh-huh. the blame onto Robert. So both boys had blood on their shoes and the blood on Robert's shoes was a positive match to James. So like, honestly, there's no running away from it at this point. I mean, they're not criminal masterminds. They're evil, but not criminal masterminds. <laughs> they're also 10 years old, so there's that. So the officers <laughs> were shocked at the age of their suspects. John and Robert were only 10 years old, and as I mentioned before, the police had actually assumed that the boys who took James were teenagers. Now, the investigation uh. itself was... um very interesting i summarized as much as i could because it's well it's a lot of like blaming each other um robert kept repeating that it was john who hurt james um john was actually hysterical for most of his interviews which was what made his interviews so difficult while apparently robert appeared to be more manipulative but yeah so interestingly um both boys had their i think their parents were with them during the interviews robert would lie and stuff but he also apparently his relaying of events seemed more closer to the truth whereas john was actually hysterical he didn't really want to answer any of the questions so at one point, they had to actually take his mother out. And only after that, he sort of answered better. Um, but they okay. also noted that, like, John John would lie and later admit to it, but his story seemed a bit further from the truth than Robert's was. Essentially, in summary, both boys refused to be held... Like, they refused to be accountable for what happened to James... Mm-hmm. Eventually, on 20th February 1993, both boys were charged for the murder of James Bulger. On, no- on November 1st, the boys' trial began. The Preston Crown Court built a special race platform for the boys to sit on. Because, um, I mean, 
cots are built for adults. Yeah. So they had to build a special platform for the boys because they were so small, and like um. Mm. Obviously, this there were criticisms for it because people criticized the court saying like you know you put these boys in a race platform you are drawing attention to them you're making a spectacle out of this and they're once again like they're ten year old boys and okay and as I relay the trial I think we can have a discussion about like ethics when it comes to it okay. So, where was I? Okay, so they built a, a special race platform for the boys to sit on. And chairs were actually bolted down to prevent anyone from throwing it. Yeah. <laughs> there were 500 people protesting outside as well. Um, protesting for what? What were they protesting? I think they are protesting against the boys. Because of how okay. horrific... Okay, listen. But the thing, yeah, the thing that really... Um, struck me was the fact that these two 10-year-old boys were given an adult trial. Mm. Yeah, so that's where I mentioned, like, the ethics come into play. Um, It gets slightly more interesting. Um, Oh, wow, my sister's texting me. Yeah, it gets interesting later on. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so the boys were given an adult trial. Robert was actually observed to be very stoic and like they, they said that during the trial he would like look up at the ceiling and stuff whereas John displayed nervousness and anxiety so the general public actually had this perception that Robert was actually the ringleader because of his behavior behavior during the trial so they, but they're 10 year old <laughs> yeah and I mean I can't speak for either of them but I feel yeah, yeah, like... Yeah. But you don't know if they understand like the gra- like the situation, you know. Okay, yes. This comes in later as well. Um, but also, like, what I was trying to get at is the fact that this is a very highly stressful, intense proce- procedure. And as you mentioned, they are so young, they might not be f- fully able to comprehend what is actually happening. Like, obviously, they also mm-hmm. don't know, like, the legal proceedings and stuff like that. They just pulled there yeah. for, for for this trial because they did something wrong. And because of this high stress atmosphere, circumstance that they're under, these two kids are going to react differently. Like you cannot be expecting them to both be exhibiting like nervous, anxious behaviors. Like people can mm-hmm. also completely shut down. So Robert could have possibly he could have possibly just shut down. Which is why he was behaving that way. Mm. Yeah, so people actually believe that he was a ringleader, he was a psychopath, and stuff like that. As I said, as as we'll come to find with this trial, um, I think the way people treated these boys, I mean, given the heinous crime they committed, they are still children, and the way people treated them was as if they were adults. And, like, Mm. I personally think that even though they should be punished for what they did, like, the way the public was treating them was... It wasn't very right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that got intense. I'm so passionate about this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out of breath. Okay. So, 
On November 24th, 1993, both boys, now aged 11, were charged with James's murder, becoming the youngest convicted murderers of the 20th century. The judge, Mr. Justice Morland, told Thompson, um, told Robert and John that they had committed a crime of unparalleled evil and barbarity, and in his judgment, their conduct was both cunning and very wicked. Um, the boys were sentenced to eight years, and then the Lord Chief Justice suggested that it be increased to ten. And this is the part that infuriates the crap out of me, okay? So the Sun newspaper, yes, that Sun newspaper gave submitted a petition with nearly 280,000 signatures to the Home Secretary calling for Robert and John to be imprisoned for 15 years. And they were successful. Mm-hmm. So the two 11-year-old boys at this point were charged to 11 years in prison. Robert was held at the Barton Moss Secure Care Centre in Manchester, while John was in a small 8-bit unit in Red Bank Secure Unit in St. Helens on Merseyside. So while incarcerated, I guess, um, their their activities were recorded twice daily and they received an education and rehabilitation um, also to note that both boys actually suffered from PTSD. In fact, when during the interviews when they were talking about the incident, both boys actually didn't really want to talk about the most traumatic part, which is when they were beating up James, like closer to James's death. Mm. So the boys were very affected by what happened. Um, on June 20, 2001, both boys were released after a six-month review by the parole board. So here's the thing, okay, their families had actually tried to appeal twice for a reduced sentence and like their lawyers would cite things like the like what you said, the fact that these boys are so young, they cannot comprehend what is happening, mm-hmm. okay, and the fact that like, why are you giving an adult trial to two like literal children? Both times, mm-hmm. their appeals were denied. Mm. So I'm like, adults can be so ruthless that there was absolutely no compassion when it came to this trial. And understandably, you can argue that these two boys should not have been given any compassion because where was the compassion when they killed two-year-old James Bulger? And like, I'm not here to say that you should feel compassion or sympathy for these boys. It's just... If you think about it objectively, um, giving two 10-year-old kids an adult trial is unfair. It is unconstitutional Mm. and it's unethical. Because there is the child court. There There are systems for young children. But like, the way this trial was handled was just so... Like... I can't even find the words to describe it. Um, so they were released on June 20, 2000. Why am I saying 2001? 2001. So they were released. Um, both boys, now men, I guess, were given new identities. So this included new passports, new 
IC numbers, qualification certs, and medical records. So their old identities wipe, were wiped clean. They were given brand new ones. They were not allowed to contact each other or the Bulger family and visit Merseyside. And both boys had to serve lifelong parole. Mm. So, um, I guess this is an afterwards, like what happened to the boys. Um, Denise, during the trial, she was actually pregnant with her second child. And this is very heart-wrenching um, article about her her daughter who like visited her brother's grave and it's like she would never meet her brother it's just so mm. sad uh unfortunately um denise's marriage like dissolved but i think she and her husband like remarried and like are living happy na- lives right now unfortunately in 2008 john was arrested for fighting while drunk and possession of cocaine but he was given a warning then in 2010 he was arrested for possessing child porn and was sentenced to 40 months robert on the other hand is protected by an unprecedented injunction which means that you it is illegal to search for him to search for his address and this is a worldwide mm. thing so you can be from like a tiny island in the middle <laughs> of the sea and if you like try to hunt him down it is illegal and you can be like charged and caught for it um, in 2010 it was reported that he's in a long-term relationship with a man who knows his true identity so wow. good for Robert I guess and yeah this is the Truly horrifying and extremely sad story of the murder of James Bulger. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're not ready to like deal with child murders. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, there's also this. There's that famous case, Sintoya Brown. I think that was her name. There's a whole documentary about her. Let me search up her name. She also, I think she committed a murder when she was 16, but it was out of, yeah, Cynthia Brown Long. Yeah, like 16 years old would be a bit different. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but um, was she, was it when she was 16? Essentially, she, she like, what happened to her shouldn't have happened. Uh, yeah. Mm. So when she was sixteen, yeah, year old, we're not she, ready. Yeah, when she was sixteen, she murdered somebody, but I think it was in self defense. And I think she was uh, then, given an adult trial. That's different. Yeah, it's essentially um essentially it's unconstitutional. Like they shouldn't be tried. Like she was also tried as an adult. And remember like even Kim, I think Kim Kardashian also was like trying to push for her her release and like a retrial and stuff like that. It's just very fascinating. I mean, there are two aspects of this case that is like super fascinating. One, the psychology of these two two boys who literally murdered a child in such a heinous way. And like one of the articles I was reading literally said that yeah. these boys spent like an entire day with James. They literally brought him out 
they walked four kilometers with him. They were carrying him. And at the end of the day, they still made the decision to murder him. And it's like, like both of them. Yeah. I mean, both of them, until today, like they, they said that the other did it. But I mean, if essentially both of them were involved, right? So there's that element. The second one is the way they were tried as adults. It's just <laughs> oh my god! I am so out of breath. My throat is so dry. Yeah. So, Honda, do you have any additional thoughts? I mean, kind of reminds me of like in Singapore, we're having one, not similar, but like he's a child, not child, but he's still like not legal age. The one that tried to do a terrorist, like oh, domestic terrorist attack. Yes, he's also sixteen. Yeah, but he's not being tried but, in court yeah. as an adult. Yeah, uh, I'm. Um, for terrorist uh, ploys, I don't think you get a trial. Oh, hmm. I know there's the de-radicalization. If I'm bit. not wrong, you don't get a trial. Interesting. Interesting. I just know that. They... Yeah, and this time when he was being questioned, he had his mom with him. Yeah, as it should be. Because the previous time, I don't know if you remember, but this primary school boy, he yes. he was in school. Yeah. And then the police came and took him for questioning. And then he was in the room alone with like police officers. And then when he got home, he took his own life. Yeah, I, I still think so about that I think that it's a review from that, that this time they question, yeah, this time they question him with his mom. Like no matter how like heinous it is, you still have to, you know, yeah think about their age. Yeah, essentially. So on on that front, like, I don't agree with the way they were tried. It's just... Ugh. 10 years old is really, really young. Yeah, but also it makes you think like... What could have possibly caused them to... Commit such an act at the age of 10 years old? You know, it's just... You don't expect this from children. Like the police also, they, they thought that... At first they were looking for like a pedophile. Then they thought they were looking for teenagers... And they were absolutely shocked when they found out that it was two 10-year-old kids. Mm. Yeah, and then on the other hand also, like the Bulger family is just so traumatic because their son was only two years old. Like James, James had his whole life ahead of him. And like even when I was writing on the notes for the story, like I got all choked up because there's this part where it literally says that even though the boys literally dropped him on his head and hurt him, James still ran back to them, you know, because he he doesn't know better. He's only two years old, yeah. and it's just so sad. <laughs> this case is just so sad. Oh my god! Well, hopefully the parents didn't see the body, though. Um, I think they did. Uh, that's the worst. Though. Yeah, it's just because and it, he he was discovered like not okay. soon, right? He was discovered two days later. Yeah, which is which makes it worse. Yeah. And his injuries were already bad. Yeah. And then with the train. Uh... Oh, Like, I, I don't think Robert and John expected the train to, like, cut into the body. I thought it would, it would just, you know, like, knock over the body a bit and then... Um, that's not how train works. I, they were also 10, so... 
Saha train works. Yeah, so I think oh, can you imagine being the fall boys though? They were actually on the hill like trying to find balls or something and then they thought it was a cat because yeah. like they saw the the lower part and they were like, oh it's a separate cat yeah. and then plot twist, a human child. A lot of train track areas always have like dead animals. Yeah. I remember when I was walking on like, you know, the old Malaya yeah, yeah, yeah. train tracks in Singapore, there was still left. When I was walking there, I found, I found of, like a few skulls along the way. <gasps> it was probably dog skulls because it was like long. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, animals tragic. <laughs> but. Uh, that means the train conductor didn't see when he was in the train, right? I think it's pretty impossible to see because if you look at the the way a train is constructed, like that, the area where they sit on is an elevated platform. And I think the body is just, it, it it's in an area where there's a blind spot. And he's small, right? Yeah. It's two years old. I remember several years ago, there was this, not several years ago, there was this thing on Twitter where it was like this car that ran over like this string of like, uh, I mean, a duck and her ducklings. And the car like ran over the ducklings. Oh no. Yeah, it was so sad. I was like, no. And people were leaving like such abusive things to like the car owner. And like somebody had to come up and say like, dude, the the, the driver could <laughs> not see the ducklings because it's a blind spot. Like the way the vehicles are constructed, like you cannot see down those tiny areas. And like the body's also really small. I mean, there are also a whole mm. bunch of other factors as to why, like, the the train conductor could have possibly not seen. Because his head was buried with rocks, right? Yes. They, they... Yeah, so it's not as obvious. Yeah, because yeah, I remember watching, like, a short documentary about train conductors and what happens to them mentally when someone jumps onto the tracks. Oh, no. It's quite traumatic for them. They can't even like go get on the train. Yeah. That's how bad it is. Yeah, I would imagine. Also because like they can't just stop the train. Trains don't work like that. Like I guess with cars yeah. you can come to an abrupt stop, but trains cannot. Yeah, even if you activate the emergency brakes too. Yeah. Essentially. So that could have also been what happened. Yikes. It's, oof. Well, hope you enjoyed this week's story. It's so Morbid. <laughs> These three weeks have been intense. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> guess we should. I I don't know that I I can't say that like there's any like more palatable or like less intense crime stories because crime is intense. <laughs> hmm. Oh well. Um. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Were you looking for something profound to say? <laughs> I was trying to think of something funny or like dumb to say, but like I can't think of anything. Um, so I guess that's the story of James Bulger. Mm. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and click that follow button on Spotify. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and whatever podcast platform you listen to. And you can follow us on Instagram at HGU Podcasts. 
shoot us a message or send us a story if you'd like. You can also email us at hiddenamongustree at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to today's episode and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Adios. Oh my gosh.